Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes, and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. Welcome everybody to the Human Conversation and I have got the most gorgeous guest this week and her name is Vafa Taliban. She's gorgeous. Now she's the founder of Personal Revolution Online and we are going to talk about what that really means but first of all I want to say hello to the gorgeous Vafa. Hello Vafa. Hello, the lovely jewel, loveliest of lovely jewels. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. I don't deserve it, but thank you. You do deserve it. And one of the things that I need to tell the audience about, really, I think, is how we met. We've met on a mastermind that we've been part of for quite some months now. And the first time I met this lady, there was just this beautiful energy about her. And I knew we were just going to be friends I just knew we were so it was so lovely and I've watched Vafa's journey she's got an incredible backstory which I want to touch on but also now she's just starting to create her own business which I am super excited about and so this whole podcast is really about Vafa's journey in my mind and so I want to just start okay let's just start this is how we do this Vafa tell us where you were born Okay, uh, I am Iranian. I was born and bred in the beautiful city of Shiraz, uh, which is famous for its wine. So the Shiraz wine that you have is from my city. Ooh, ooh. Wow, uh, I knew that about you. That's fantastic. Yes, yes. Um, and I was educated there um, until I was 16. And then I came to the UK kicking and screaming with my parents age 16. I love that. Kicking and screaming. Okay. Kicking and screaming. Yeah. I mean, you need to tell us more about why you were kicking and screaming. What, what made you come to the UK? Uh, so we stayed in um, Shiraz until the war ended. So as you know, the Iranian revolution happened. I was seven when it happened and then war broke out. So we stayed there until the end of the war. But then my dad, who was educated abroad, decided that... Iran was not the right environment for his two daughters to be brought up. Mom had been very keen to get out for some time, but because dad lived abroad uh, when he was um, younger, he knew that it could be a lonely place and they had a beautiful community and uh, family life out there and they didn't want to leave really. So the reason they left purely was because they wanted to give my sister and I a better life. Um, so that's why I came here kicking and screaming. There was nothing with my life back there. I had a perfectly happy life, you know. Um, um, it wasn't perfect um, because of the revolution, obviously, but that's the life I knew. So there was, um, you know, I, as far as I was concerned, that was my norm. What 16-year-old wants to um, go away from their friends? You know, changing schools at 16 is difficult enough. Changing, changing countries and continents when I knew very little English, and then I was so close to... Uh, gaining my um, GCSEs when I arrived here it was quite tough so yeah and I think one of the things that anyone's listening who is has always lived in the UK like me 
has always been brought up here. I mean, I'm 50 this year, but I have never experienced war. So when you suddenly say to me, oh, you know, well, you know, after the war, and it feels so strange to hear you say this. And I think what equally feels strange to me is that it would be your norm. And so actually you'd be kicking and screaming to come here when actually, when you look at the bigger picture, here was a much safer place for you guys. Of course, of course. But, you know, it is the norm. I always talk about the tennis court of our school, of our high school, being turned into a war shelter as soon as um, Shiraz um, started being hit by Scott missiles. And we used to just go and um, hide in this war shelter when the sirens came on. And one day, um, the headmistress came into the room as we were in the middle of a math lesson. And she said, I want you to quietly and quickly make your way home and we're super excited thinking yay we're escaping maths you know go but we go home so we're kind of walking home with my friends in the middle of the day um, and we hear almighty thumb and then we later on discovered that it was actually the war shelter at our school that was annihilated so that was a close call but I always kind of talk about the fact that it didn't really make that much of a difference in our life because that was the norm. We kind of um, carried on with our lives. You kind of build a bit of a resilience to these things. Yes, it's upsetting. Yes, it's, you know, it shook us at the time. But the next day we went back to school. So, there was, you know, that was our norm. It's incredible. Um, it really is, you know, uh, the different lives that we lead is really so profound, isn't it? So you come to the UK and then what's the next memory? So the next memory is starting in the language um, unit of a mainstream high school, uh, because even though I knew English um, quite well, um, you know, knowing the grammar and knowing vocabulary is very different from having your everyday conversation and studying uh, to pass exams. So whereas my math was brilliant, my chemistry was brilliant, it was the language of math that I needed to learn. So it was quite tough. Um, so I fell behind by a year because age 16 I should have really started my GCSEs but when I started going to school in uh, December um, I uh, was put in form four back then, it was form four and then with it was our GCSE years. Um, so I just kept my head down and studied and just got on with it and passed exams, tick, tick, tick. Amazing, amazing. You know, what amazing resilience straight away from such a young age. That's just wonderful. So you've left school then and what was the first job that you decided to do? Tell us about that side of the story. No jobs. That's the thing because education is so important and because my parents relocated, they immigrated here, they sold their livelihood, they brought all their resources here to invest so that we could get the education and education was the forefront of everybody's mind so it was pretty much from GCSEs going into A-levels and then to university and then get a job and 25 years later um, I'm suddenly thinking oh my goodness me where did that 25 years go and why did I choose the career that I did and um, I'm just rethinking the whole thing now. So what was it you actually went into from school? So I studied uh, to become a diagnostic radiographer in um, Cardiff. So I had a three-year um, stint at University of Cardiff back then. Uh, when I finished my uh, degree, <clears throat> I got a job um, and started working. It wasn't an environment I loved particularly because I was particularly shy 
Um, I hadn't worked. I had always just kept my head down and studied. Um, therefore, going into the work environment was quite alien. Um, so slowly but surely, I got used to the working environment. The shifts were tough. We used to do 24-hour shifts um, in a big um, university hospital, which was quite tough at times. I was uh, working for about three and a half years in Bristol until I met my husband and then we uh, were getting married and then we re relocated to Hampshire then because he had a job here. So I came and worked in uh, Winchester for six months and then started working in Basingstoke and 20 years on, I'm still there. Okay, so let's talk about the midlife crisis then because I, you know, I think as a lot of us recognize that, Rafa. I've certainly had Welcome to the club then, Jules, right? I mean, you're not alone, I promise you. My midlife crisis was when I was 40, so that was obviously 10 years ago now, and maybe I've had some mini ones in between, but you know, when, when I was 40, I had um, the real harrowing part of my journey begin, that, you know, people, if they listen to my TEDx, get that, that story. So, you know, when was your midlife crisis? When did you sort of suddenly wake up and think, oh my goodness, this is not what I want to do anymore? About 41, probably, similar age to you, I, I suspect, about the same time. And I think for me, it was the fact that I had been very career-driven up until uh, my baby came along. So I was an older mum. I was 36 when I had my child. And until then, I had been very career-driven. I had kind of climbed a ladder. I specialized in MRI, um, and I got my reporting degree in MR also. So I did... Um, everything I could clinically to reach the top of my career ladder uh, without going into management because NHS management is just not for me. Um, and then, of course, my son came along and I took a long career break, um, 14 and a half months I was off with him. And then I decided to go back to work part-time because it was more important to me to spend time with him. Although I wanted a me time back, although I didn't want to um, sacrifice my professional life, I wanted to go back and still contribute and not be Harry's mum. I wanted to be Vafa again, the professional. So I happily went back, did uh, a little bit of part-time work. And um, it was lovely, actually. I carried on doing part-time work until Harry was uh five and that's when he started getting you know as an older mom you put all your energy all your uh, love into that child and then as they start getting older more independent i didn't want to hold him back so he didn't want to be with me that much and i didn't want to hold him back so i thought right time to start thinking about uh doing longer hours at work perhaps or doing something different because uh, by then I was ready for a challenge but unfortunately the opportunities weren't there available in the NHS to kind of develop any further than I had already and being a part-time um, employee is very difficult to actually progress in that environment um, and when it became clear that I couldn't progress any further and I was stuck and I, I was desperate to learn again I started my journey of personal revolution, which I jokingly referred to at the time, and now it's stuck. So I just started going out there, personal development um, of a major type. And um, here we are five years on, and I'm still going through it. It's, this is just the start of my uh, personal revolution. So it's lovely. Um, 
to um, have gotten here, um, but I'm looking forward to the next five years. Uh, it's, it's really interesting, I think, when you hear you, you, you talk about the fact that you had your own personal revolution, and now actually what you're doing is creating an environment for other women to have their personal revolutions. Absolutely. Let's go on and talk a little bit about your business, because it is in the early stages, however, it's happening and that's the exciting thing. So it's called Personal Revolution Online. Tell us a little bit about what this is about. What does it mean to you, Baffa? Uh, because I started my uh, journey of being an extremely um, private person. And then when I went into the um, personal development forums, I discovered how open the entrepreneurs were when I spoke with them. Um, it was really, really refreshing to see how open they were, how willing they were to help. And I learned so much. And the more I learned, the more I wanted to learn. So this became such a hunger for me to just absorb everything they could give me. Um, and my aim, and I think I have come across so many inspirational people, you included, who have had amazing journeys, you know, and they're not afraid of sharing their journeys. And I think as a uh, high functioning perfectionist firstborn, I never allowed myself to make mistakes. I had to kind of do things a certain way. They had to be right. So could never make mistakes. And this is what I'm now beginning to learn that that's not what life is. You have to let yourself make mistakes and that's how you grow and because I had such amazing mentors and coaches throughout this journey and because now I'm more in tune with my values what I want out of life it's ever so easy to go networking see all those beginners that are exploring like I was this time five years ago it's ever so easy to spot them so I thought wouldn't it be lovely to just start something like this just to inspire people just to say there are options if you're feeling stuck if you're feeling numb if the status quo is no longer acceptable to you and we stand for it for so long don't we Jules yeah. we just carry on because we think that is what life is we're expected to go to work and earn and pay the mortgage and pay the bills and we forget about ourselves little by little by little we sacrifice on our values and what we like and all of a sudden we wake up and we think this isn't me i've actually lost myself i don't know who i am i don't know where i am and then it's about actually communicating that with the people who are looking saying that there are options it's just about encouraging people to look at life differently and knowing you know making them aware that they can have the life they wish for and nobody says it's easy it's not easy you have to have all the tools in your toolbox to be able to move away from where you are to where you want to be but it's something that's achievable it's very achievable and I think um it's really interesting I picked up on something you said because I'm I, I just listen so deeply when I speak with people. I think it's having been in sales for so many years. And it's really interesting what you said about I'm first born. I had to do things in a certain way. I could never make mistakes. It had to be perfect. And, and it's really interesting because I see that 
in you in terms of your journey you've had where you perhaps say you know I'll share some stuff with the audience that you and I have spoken about where you'll say oh what well, do I need to do it this way and do I need this and do I need a background and do I need lighting and you know when you're doing things like video and of course you know there may be people who might argue with me here but what I really want is I just want to see Vafa and I just want to see you and your beautiful personality. I don't, I don't care what the lights are like and I don't care where you're sitting. But that's because I think we are even more connected today to the human side of people than we ever were. Even though we're in this online space, I think we yearn to connect on that human level. What I see with you is I think now the real Vafa is beautifully evolving now, um, which is such a lovely thing to see. And all you now need to, to do is be who you truly are and then do this fabulous inspiring through your business. And then I think we're gonna see something really special happen, you know, for other women, because we, we need a purpose, don't we? Isn't that what it's about? It is what it's about. It's about um, redefining your, um, values it's about redefining what you think success means what happiness is what security is all of those things are always at the forefront of our mind especially as mothers you know that's what we want we want all of those first and foremost it's about making time for yourself and not feeling guilty about it because how many women out there want to go out on a training day and then they feel guilty about it because then they're not home to pick their children up. So I've had to learn little by little and you know, my child is 10 now. So I started kind of doing this little by little planting seeds and keeping him informed all throughout of what I was doing, why I was doing it, making sure he didn't mind if I didn't pick him up from school. All of those things have to little by little. So it's taken five years for me to actually get to where I am now, being comfortable um, going out there and being comfortable spending a lot of money on my own development because that's again something else that a lot of women won't do because they think that's money that we can spend on the family so it's about you my emphasis is on the happiness and the mental well-being of our kids yeah. and the only way I know of instilling that in them is by having happy parents so happy parents will give rise to happy children because as you say we have to be happy as the parents in order for the children to thrive and yeah. i completely agree i think it's a wonderful thought to have it's a wonderful purpose to have to sort of bring happiness to people who who actually want a purpose in life and they want a happy life anyway but they're perhaps yeah. stuck you know because a lot of us know what that feels like to feel stuck yeah and it's important to also here i think highlight that we have strong you know especially as strong female leads which a lot of us are we have that strength as well as the vulnerability in us and it's about being comfortable about showing the feelings that we have and if we're not fully there it's about being able to say you know something I'm not feeling it today I need a little bit more help I just need a cuddle today I just need a little bit more love today rather than be the strong person that I am and again as I'm going around looking at these networking situations differently with fresh eyes I can see that 
that's what a lot of us need. And we're particularly bad at saying it. And I just don't know why, Jules, because we're all made of the same thing. No matter where we're from, we have the same um, limiting beliefs. No matter where we're from, we have the same fears and the same needs for security and love and um, belonging. So it's about um, being open and honest but it's about allowing ourselves to be open and honest. And I think the more I'm doing it with people, the more I'm getting it back. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's that vulnerable, like you say, the vulnerability is kind of the word really, isn't it? We want to feel like people are comfortable saying, I'm not okay. There's so much around about mental health now, not just for women, but for men, maybe more so for men because they won't as easy. You know, so there's all of this now, and, and I think the marvelous thing is we're talking about it. So, th- so that means we're going to potentially then be able to open up about it, you know, because it's actually widespread that we're talking about it. So it, it's wonderful. I think we live in a a real time of opportunity in terms of being human and being open and, and vulnerable now. Yes. The second thing I think that's important is your story, Bafa, because you know, you know I've said this to you before, but and to the audience, we've all got stories. And there's many people say to me, Oh, I don't have a story, you know, my story's not important, or actually I don't want to share my story, whatever the reason is, your story, your backstory is what makes you inspiring. And Thank you. Yeah, and, and, and absolutely. For me, it's, it's where you've come from, the things you will have experienced, the way you came to a country, you didn't even speak the language, and then you still went on into academia and did so, so well, got an amazing job, built a wonderful career. You know, all of this, for me, is, is massively inspiring. So, you know, you're this leader of the personal revolution, and you're a very inspirational woman. I, I think own your story more if I was to say anything to you, my lovely, you know, because it's an amazing story. It really is. I think at the, um, you know, the truth of it is that you have to build your network around you. Um, the support network that you can build around you, I think, is the most important. Mm. And that's when you can be um, very honest about your fears. You can get honest feedback from people and you can develop that way. And about being flexible, I think the flexibility has a lot to do with it because I've been on this journey now for five years and I know that you know this whole conversation started at my friend's coffee table when I finally opened up and I said, you know something, I have it all, but I'm not happy. I don't know what's wrong with me. And she said, there's nothing wrong with you. So we talked about it and then little by little, it became apparent that I hadn't allowed myself to talk openly about what I had feared or about what I hadn't liked. And the more I talked about it, the more the story made sense. So I think a lot of the time, now I don't know whether that's my personality type or whether it's a um, immigrant mindset, I don't know what it is, that we don't allow ourselves to own the story. We don't allow ourselves to be totally even honest with ourselves because we think we're just being silly. Why are we being silly? But there's no such thing as being silly. So if you were to share, you would be told that actually I feel the same thing or you are well and truly within your right to feel the same thing. So it's all about sharing and about building that support network around you. 
And that's the start of it. So that's the start of the journey, I think, and about learning about different things. So the flexibility comes into it because then you have to uh, be open and think, so what can I do that is different from what I'm doing currently? And then not give up because this is my third attempt at um, doing something other than my day job. So, you know, the first thing I was um, setting up and I um, was getting advice from my trusted mentors and coaches and they were saying, this is not you, it's not your personality. We don't think you should go with it. And I listened to them because I did my market research and I realized that they were actually right so it was my mentor kept saying to me find your ikigai find your ikigai that's what you need to find and that's where um, the importance of um, personal connections are I think the whole ikigai thing and um, if you can just quickly explain that because not everyone will know what it means and I do know what it means but tell us just quickly in, in a brief way what ikigai actually means Fafa. so it's a Japanese concept and um, it I think literally translates if I'm not mistaken to a reason for being it's just a, what you need to live and the people that are from this little island in um, uh, Japan that's created this uh, concept are known to live the longest. You know, their typical uh, life expectancy is in the late 90s and some to over 100 and they live independently. And the whole thing is what you're talking about. They have a purpose in life. So if you have that purpose in life, you are then able to feel useful. Um, you have the feeling of belonging. And if you have all of those, then you live a better quality life. You're of use to people and therefore you want to be there rather than just not be of any um, help to anybody and just give up on life. And that's where addiction comes from. You know, it's well uh, researched that the addicts, if they give them somewhere to live, if they re-educate them, if they find them a job, they can very easily, with help obviously, they can very easily get them out of that addiction state they're addicts because they have no feeling of uh, belonging. So I think belonging, we underestimate it, but I think it's very, very important. Yeah, I think we underestimate it too. So just to kind of give the audience a taste of what personal revolution online is going to look like, because you're, you're building it currently. Is it one-to-one -one coaching? Is it group work? What sort of stuff will you want to deliver in that personal revolution space? So again, it's about... Um, coaching so um inspiring people in um thinking differently just asking questions that will make them think in a different way um i've also created a 12-step methodology which i'm working on which is something that i would take them through um just to give them tools and inspire them to think differently so my um, next big project, as you know, is to um, get visible. Um, my, you know, what I would love to do is to get really inspirational people to come and um, share their journeys, because that's how people will realize that they will belong to one of those groups. They can actually reson it resonates with them that yes, the stories that are told. Um, are our stories. We share a lot of stories in common and hopefully that will then um, persuade them to think differently about life. And if they're stuck, if they're not happy, they can think that, yes, there is a better way of living. It's possible because there's no such word as can't as my dad said. 
Absolutely. And I quote you often enough. I quote you all the time. There's no such word as can't. Yes. Exactly. And I think, you know, the 12-step methodology sounds really interesting because I think often we do need those tools. You know, we don't always know how we're going to get from A to B. And these methodologies and, and programs and tools that we can teach as coaches they're just gold because they're those little things that you don't necessarily realize are going to make that big difference for you of to course. where you want to go. So I love that you're going to be doing a 12-step um, a kind of program. That's really exciting. I'll be watching out for that. But actually, more importantly, I know that your aspiration, when you talk about sharing inspirational stories, your aspiration is that you're going to actually start your own podcast. Yes, very soon. Yes. And you will be featuring Jules <laughs> as my role model. <laughs> well, I think it's great. And I think podcasting is, is truly wonderful. You know, it's a way of us connecting in, in of course. You know, another way that it means that when I'm busy, if I'm driving, if I'm walking, I can listen to podcasts and I can feel inspired. So I love podcasting and I love my guests and I love my podcast. So I'm excited for you to start yours. I think it's going to be fabulous. Um, and obviously, I wish you lots of luck with getting that off the ground. What is the one thing you want to leave the audience with to sort of make them feel like they can actually create their own personal revolution? Do you know, um, I think we um, come across so many barriers when we are um, surfing through life, but it's about just learning to live differently rather than um, avoiding the big waves. So just take a deep breath and live through the big waves because you're going to learn something from them and you're going to grow so with every mistake we make uh, we're going to grow a little bit more um, it's all about experimenting it's all about exploring it's about being flexible and um, if plan a doesn't work you can go for plan b you have to be prepared to change your route you can't have one thing in mind it's good to have a focus but you need to be flexible and change directions if needs be if that means that you're getting you're going to get to your end goal quicker yeah i love that i love that so much because you know i know i say about my dad saying there's no such word as can't and people say to me yeah but but there's some things you can't do and then i say to them well actually it's about finding a different way to do them and so it's just the same principle as you've just said and i think it's so true we can make so many barriers can't we if we want to um, yes really it's a choice isn't it and it's all about uh, redefining the barriers that we have so um, you know success what does success mean to you just redefine that um, what does security mean to you does it mean having three cars or does it mean having one car but having a better quality of life so it's all about redefining those and getting the peace of mind so, you know as I've gotten older peace of mind is the most important thing if I don't have five holidays a year so be it so long as i live the life that i want so long as that i don't compromise on my values because that's the stage i'm reaching yeah. that i don't want to particularly compromise on my values wow. uh, whereas as a younger person you do often because you feel you don't have a voice you need to do that so it's about that it's about being true to yourself that's yeah. all it is therefore it's been an absolute delight talking to you and thank you for having me i knew it would be 
So you'll be able to find where you can follow Baffa. You'll be able to look out for her podcast. And if you want to connect with me, then certainly you'll follow her journey because I always make sure I include my guests. If they've got some news, I'll make sure that everyone knows about it. Awesome. So listen, um, thank you. I, I truly, truly know that you're going to be amazing in this new role that you're going to have. Thank you. Um, I know you're going to help and touch many, many people's lives. Um, just own your story for me. That's all I ever ask you because it's such an inspiring story. Um, and for the listeners, I hope you have really been inspired by Baffa. She's a really quite incredible lady uh, and a beautiful one. And I hope you've enjoyed our human conversation. The Human Conversation is on Apple Podcasts, it's on Spotify, and it's also on SoundCloud. We would love you to like and comment and tell the world how wonderful our podcast is. Um, but please just tune in next time, if you do nothing else, to The Human Conversation, where I will be speaking to another fabulous guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Ta-da for now. You've just been listening to the Human Conversation podcast with Jules White. To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.